Hello and welcome to the Yoga Syndicate. This episode is uh, about the very first limb and restraint in yoga, Ahimsa. Ahimsa, what is this Ahimsa thing, Ellen? Ahimsa we often translate as non-violence and it's uh, the first of the yamas so they are the, and they are again sometimes translated as uh, moral restraints or the the outer restraints regarding how we live our lives and how we conduct ourselves um, ahimsa itself is a negation. Every any word that has an a in front is a negation of. So it's the non-himsa, non-violence. Uh, this, uh, which is found in the Yoga Sutra, is possibly one of the Jain influences of the Yoga Sutras. If you heard about the Jain religion, they are really practicing an extreme form of uh, ahimsa, not harming anything, anyone, or anything to the extent that they uh, that they wear um, a face mask so they were very early with the concept of wearing face masks so as not to inhale any small beings and they also are very careful and threading on the ground not to crush any small uh, insects and actually it also comes down to not disturbing even the flow of air in the, in a room so it's an uh, extreme form of uh, ahimsa yeah because normally you know when a Western mind reads this concept of nonviolence, we we attach our mind immediately to the violent part. Mm. It's almost like you know the the first thing that comes to mind is okay, avoid that which can harm you. You you think of somebody running after you with an axe, but mm. ahimsa and all of these negations, they're they're actually saying to do the opposite instead mm. of avoiding something that you, that that harms you, but actually set the foundation and mm. and live a life proactively that will give you uh, respect, that will respect others. And mm. is this what uh, Ahimsa means? Yeah, it actually uh, has a very deep meaning. I, and I agree with you at first glance, it can seem very obvious. Okay, easy to avoid violence. It's not like we go around and chop each other down with axes or, or, or uh, uh, try deliberately to harm other beings. That's, uh, that's not what we're doing. But uh, on a deeper level, it has to do with uh, how, uh, it, it has to do with realizing our connectivity to everything living, that we are part of it, we are related, we, have, we should care for all living beings. And we should know the value of uh, uh, every life, every living being. We should regard it as precious. And we should also know the, the um, uh, value of being safe, being, being saved from, from harm. And this is actually related to a very old practice that uh, is also slightly mentioned in the Yoga Sutras in 133. Uh, which is uh, uh, called the four Brahma Viharas. When you practice immeasurable love, immeasurable compassion, immeasurable joy, and immeasurable equanimity, so uh, one of the first thing you practice is to wish for yourself and for everyone to be safe, to be safe, to be happy, to be healthy, and to have ease. So you know intimately from 
uh, introspection into your own needs, what every other being wishes for and what they need. And then you practice and you try to generate the same wish that everyone else may have the same as you. And your basic need, your most basic need is to feel safe. I, li <coughs> I like that. I mean, a lot of people when they choose and want to, you know, head off to their first yoga class, it's it's all about, you know, now I'm going to to do yoga. So that in, in a way they're experiencing a new beginning. But the more you get into to yoga on this level, on a traditional level, in terms of understanding how it was sort of set up, this setup, this is the first restraint on the very first limb of many, many sutras, uh, when you, you know, approach the yamas initially, uh, ahimsa is number one, sort of setting the foundation for for your, your whole yoga journey as such. And why is it so important to uh, consider the concept of getting rid of all of the, the vi violent, uh, both thoughts and and actions that you partake in, uh, in, in a, on a daily basis? Mm. I think... Uh, like I say, it, it, it has to do with really understanding your own nature and what does it take to be non-violent. If, uh, if you have achieved that, if you can really live your life non-violently, non and that might not be as easy as you think, because when we talk about non-violence, it, it's not just what you do with your body, what you physically do to harm someone. It also includes what you do with your speech and your mind. So it's always uh, the, the actions of the body, speech and mind. And it might be very easy for us not to, uh, not to harm anyone physically. But what about how we talk about people, how we slander and, uh, uh, and talk behind people's back or you know, how we express verbally uh, violence or even even if we're cynical you know that we might say sweet words that we that we don't mean and uh, not to speak of what we do with our minds how peaceful are we in our minds how, uh, how what do we wish for others in our with our minds or do we ever do that do we ever think or even regard other people's welfare and especially the people we don't like the people we see as uh, obstacles to our well-being to what extent can we practice ahimsa toward them i uh, i like uh, I, I like ahimsa a lot it's sort of it's sort of uh, i'm not i'm not the poster child of ahimsa but i uh, i'm very cognizant uh, day in and day out uh, about how i can pay a little more attention and i think i'm using so much energy wanting to pay more attention to how i'm conducting this life because I'm, I'm not always conducting it in the way that I, I keep making these small agreements with myself that I'll, I'll eat uh, a little more uh, in, in periodically with, with a, a little more sustained, less, uh, uh, less on my plate approach. But I, I keep sort of breaking that contract. So when you're, when you're, I think with with this nonviolent approach to to life, I think it's. You know, you're very prone, if you're giving it too much thought, to giving yourself a hand slap, which then again uh, becomes, uh, yeah, a violent nature. How do, how do we uh, break through uh, uh, even more uh, and pinpoint a simple understanding of, mm. of how to be fruitful and not violent to ourselves? Mm. 
For for me, one of the the great practices and one of the oldest practices is the one I mentioned, the the Brahma Viharas, the practice of uh, loving kindness, which is the first one, uh, where you you need to really realize um, what what your connection to others are, and uh, and once you do that, you uh, you start to to shed all your um, all your uh, cultural, uh, uh, your, the layers of cultural conditioning, uh, and you see that these these borders that we have between people, they are they are created, they are learned. If you look at children, they they don't they don't separate. They are naturally compassionate. They don't like seeing others suffering. Suffering. They cry if they see someone suffer, whether whether it's an animal or a or a human being. So it's something we learn to to make these borders between our in group and our out group. So the Brahma Viharas is about uh, shedding these layers and see that really our inner nature is connectivity rather than separation. And once you get in touch with this connectivity, you're actually in touch with love. And uh, when you're in touch with love, you realize that you are love, and you are loved, and when you are loved and you realize your inner nature as love, then it's very difficult to be violent. You don't feel like competing or slandering or putting other people down when you are safe in yourself. Well, when you're safe in yourself, does it then mean that, okay, you always hear these, you know, cliches, you, you can't love anybody else until you love yourself first. I mean, is would Ahimsa in relation to this you know, cliche or very, you know, logical thought about loving yourself first, would it, which order does it come in? Do I, mm -hmm. am I a bit distraught, a bit lost? Um, my habits are not giving me too much, so I first have to practice my love outward? Uh, or would you say that it's a combination of both? I mean, and, and I get it, there's no answer for this, but mm -hmm. what is your take on it? Yeah, I, I relate very much to what you're seeing, and uh, uh, it makes me a bit uneasy as well to talk about self-love, but I think it's self-love and it's self-love. And one version is uh, kind of you split yourself until uh, in two pieces and you have the one piece looking at the other piece that is you and saying that, oh, everything is okay, I just love you as you are. Uh, and I accept all your faults and shortcomings and you are really worthy. So There's this kind of uh, affirmation which is coming from a dualistic point of view. You, But you are not two people, you're not even one, one person. You are part of a network, you are connected and you are connected through the undivided nature of mind. So this is this is where we have to get to. And uh, we can get to this point in glimpses when we are shown love and care from others. So uh, we can try to cultivate this state. And then it's not the question of loving yourself. It's a question of realizing that you are love. Mm. And, you know, when you consider these restraints and you see this, uh, this, this concept that you are love and you see that the other restraints then that follow uh, satya, as uh, one of the the five yamas, but uh, the, have the Buddhists put out there that there are in fact ten yamas, or 
Mm. Are there just five restraints or? No, no. The Buddhists have uh, ten actions that you should uh, avoid. They have three that relates to the body. They have four that relates to speech. Uh, and again, three that relates to the mind. Uh, so they are kind of uh, similar. They are uh, non-killing, uh, non-stealing, uh, um, and um, uh, not uh, not conducting, uh, avoiding sexual misconduct. So these are of the of the body. Then you have four that you perform with your voice. So it's lying, divisive talk, uh, meaningless gossip, and harsh words. And then you have three of the mind, which is uh, uh, covetousness, ill will, and wrong view, like perverted view. Um, but uh, what I find with uh, with Buddhism is that they are they are more proactive in their practices, or either that or that uh, in the Buddhist text it's just spelled out more how you practice these restraints. So when it comes to um, non-violence, for example, non-killing, not taking life, actually, that's what it's uh, that what it actually means, not taking life. You also have to uh, practice the opposite. You practice uh, the first restraints by uh, protecting life. So you protect all life and you do that with your body, speech and mind. So it could even just be your intention, you know, uh, that matters. So you you could do a simple thing like, uh, you know, convincing your friend or someone to come to a yoga class or do something that's good for them, convincing them to uh, drink juice rather than Coke or something like that. But you do it with intention that you really always want to support the unfolding of life mm. and avoid uh, suffering. That sounds magical. Actually, those 10 that you mentioned, it sound like uh, ahimsa in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. uh, there seem to be a lot of, you know, I, I like the concept of not only what you say, but, you know, how you say it. Uh, could we be more, um, could we get better as a society in terms of not only what we say, but how we say it, so that the the in, the intention, the vibration of what we we're saying is 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 more heartfelt and less head felt. Yeah, I think we should, we could certainly realize that every action that we do, it has to start in the mind. So I think we can look more at uh, our inner intentions rather than what is expressed through actions. Because you might be a very peaceful and ahimsa and inwardly fantastic practitioner, but it, it's not necessarily so visible in your in your actions. And the other way around, also you could you could look very good at the at the outside from from what you were doing, but your intention could just be you know to become more famous or or have people or get something in return. So I think we could really look more at our intention and and be more honest. And that will also that will also benefit ourselves. That we would feel better. Do you think, in uh, when it comes to this Patanjali uh, uh, system of this uh, Ashtanga eight limbed yoga, where you have the yamas uh, first and the five, how does both you know Satya and and Asteya and Brahmacharya, and then you have this uh, Apriyagraha? How do how do these non-grasping and celibate and uh, this profound you know dedication to the one you're with and and uh, this non-stealing and this truth you know how do they interconnect with the concept of of ahimsa 
there is it's often uh, the case in this when you have these lists that the first thing on the list is the most important one and then the other ones are kind of supporting the the first uh, thing that is mentioned on the list so uh, according to uh, one of my teachers um, the ahimsa is everything that is really the foundation of uh, of all yoga ahimsa is by way the the most important so you could regard it that all these other limbs are are supporting the uh, the act of uh, ahimsa Mm, I I love <laughs> I think in the modern day world we uh, we're quite fond of lists and uh, this is kind of the first list of lists, and the first thing on the list is uh, ahimsa. Um, it's a wonderful uh, topic. I am um, I'm very fascinated by uh, the promotion of love as such. Um, but is you know love is somewhat of a new invention, at least you know in modern day terms, um, in terms of romanticism. Um, but if you were to com- combine and connect this. The ahimsa, as it was, you know, interpreted by Vyasa and, and the others back in the day. Um, what, what do you think the main intention was uh, in terms of community to mm. to promote uh, ahimsa as mm. a, a central tenant mm. in yoga? Well, romantic love is a is a very new thing, and and uh, I don't think what we call love in in terms of romantic love would even count as ahimsa, because when we love someone, it's so often an agenda. We want something in return. We want to be loved. Uh, whereas the concept of love in the Asian text is Maitreya or Maitri. And that means that means more like friendliness. It defi- It's defined as wanting something good for someone else. So, so that is uh, that is really uh, that is really what is meant by love. Yeah, but wanting something good for someone else. I mean, Ahimsa applies to all living beings. Mm-hmm. Um, does that include the the ant uh, and the mosquito that you you just want to, you know, get out of your your face? You can get on with uh, with looking into someone's eyes and giving your good intentions, but wait, I've got to get rid of this mosquito first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting concept of where to draw the line mm-hmm. um, with with considering all living things all living beings and mm. and it, it applies to the animal itself mm. uh, it's not just ahimsa for for dummies or uh, ahimsa for humans it's also uh, ahimsa for antelopes mm. I mean how does how would this apply to 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 animals yeah ants antelopes everyone uh, everyone's life is uh, precious and every living being uh, wants to be happy and they want to avoid suffering that's motivating all living things um, so but if you think of it as a practice we want to swat the mosquitoes and we find the ants very irritating when they creep into our house and we use pesticides and uh, things to get rid of them but think of it as a practice if you practice ahimsa or wanting uh, something good for all living beings it also works as a kind of sensitivity training for yourself if you constantly remind yourself that this is a living thing all he or she or it wants is to be happy and avoid suffering and unfold their own life so i think it can work in that way that it uh, 
it, it simply heightens your uh, awareness as you go along. And how willing are you to go the extra mile not to uh, immediately kill a little thing just because it, it's little and it irritates you and you can kill it? And if you can't if you can't bear that kind of little suffering or irritation, how will you ever bear with the difficult people in your life who might be the big obstacle makers for you? I, I, I just love what you're saying. Uh, if, you, if you can't deal with the small increment, how are you going to deal with the grand, the grand scale? Um, and heightening our, our awareness, as you say. Um, if someone is tuning in and they'd like to just, you know, hey, I, I get it, I've read these sutras and maybe I'm reading into it or reading them too much because practicing them just seems to be, you know, really tough cookie. How how would you suggest someone just give us, you know, I'm going to put you on the line here, a very ABC approach to how to, you know, dive a little bit into a good ahimsa practice? Hmm. Um, well, you could go uh, a, very, a traditional way. You could uh, practice some, do some loving kindness meditation. It's it's quite popular these days, and there are many versions uh, available. You can find online and so on some version of loving kindness meditation. What you could also try, since you're probably not going around killing people or animals, you could try go to the next level and look at your ahimsa. Um, the way, the way you how do you practice ahimsa with your speech just try not saying anything bad about the person for like one day and then you could see if you could sustain it for like two days or three days so try to look at what you do with your speech what about you know changing your voice um some people i i've i've recognized in the west they they seem to be changing their voice um <clears throat> and i'm wondering you know uh if you're telling someone to just consider your speech um are you suggesting that they you know that you should speak softer or be a little bit more focused on what you're actually saying or should you count to three before you say something give me an example of uh of, of this well the counting to three is a is a good idea um but really, uh, what you say about people behind their back, you know, it's uh, how how acceptable is it in in your um, in your group or or in your family to just slander other people? How acceptable is it to to just talk a lot of gossip or a lot of nonsensical uh, words? I mean, sometimes you you do it. Sometimes you you uh, just chit chat with people because they might be lonely. So it's a, it's again a, about your intention, but you know, really try to restrain your uh, rest, restrain your speech a little bit and and try to be a little bit more critical of of what you put out there, and um, yeah, speak gently to people, speak softly. Well, whether it's speaking whether it's living, whether it's approaching, whether it's acting upon or withdrawing upon acting uh, in, a, in a certain sort of borderline destructive way. Remember, ahimsa is the first restraint on the first limb of the yamas in yoga. And this chat has been, uh, again, an eye-opener. And... Uh, for now, uh, thank you, Ellen, and as we continue down this beautiful 
path with our wonderful map. Uh, this was Ahimsa and we are the Yoga Syndicate.